500 Queens, and welcome to The Queen's Tea. Touchdown! Yes. We're on. How you doing? I'm good. Well, I tried it first from my, I've never requested to join anyone's live. So um, I tried to do it from my computer, but the request never came up. So I have it on my phone. Hopefully it doesn't fall over or anything. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's so good to hear from you and see you Likewise. and all this good stuff. So let me, I'm going to give you just a little rundown of how this is going to go. It's going to be a very organic conversation between you and I. And um, we'll have... Our queens are going to um, ask some questions in the Q&A box towards the end. So we just want to get a full, you know, tell us how you got to where you are, what made you get there, your why, all this good stuff. Sounds good. <laughs> so um, I can introduce you or you can introduce yourself. It's however you would like to do it. Because um, I, I believe nobody can tell your story better than you. So. Sure, I'll introduce myself. Okay. Go ahead. Let me, you want me to jump right on in? Yeah, we, we're ready. We're in it. All yeah. right. Um, I'm going to fix myself a little bit because I feel like you're looking down on me. But go ahead. <laughs> um, I know. I I have my, my phone up pretty high. But um, so, uh, hi, everyone. I am Janisha Lodeholt. Uh, I am... Uh, a native Delawarean uh, who's been in Atlanta for God at this point, uh, 18 years. So I would say, but since, since uh, I came back to college, um, I'm a practicing lawyer um, at a firm called Austin and Bird here in Atlanta, Georgia. Our office is in Midtown. Uh, I practice, my practice is complex commercial litigation. So I defend, mm companies in that the company litigation uh, <clears throat> when brought against them or when they file suit against other companies. Um, I do that in a variety of, in, uh, across a variety of subject matter. So it might be healthcare, it might be insurance. Um, those are just a few of the, the subject matters that, that I handle. I do class action litigation. So I, it ranges from the very small where it might be just one plaintiff and it might be a few thousand dollars to, um, you know, a billion dollar case that's a class action case. So, um, so well, and that would be our bet the company litigation. In terms of being a lawyer, I always knew I wanted to be a lawyer from a young age. Uh, I didn't really know what that would look like. Um, I, I, though I come from college educated parents, um, there were no lawyers in my, my family. So I didn't know what it meant to want to be a lawyer. Um, and um, so I went to I went straight through from Clark Atlanta University to University of Georgia. I didn't take any breaks. Uh, and then in law school, I learned that there were these jobs uh, at law firms where they would pay you a good bit of money to to join their law firm. And uh, that's how I arrived at Austin and Bird. I didn't really know what kind of lawyer I wanted to be. I had watched Law and Order. I knew what criminal lawyers did, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and so I kind of just let my law school career, my, my law school path guide me um, to where I am today. Okay. So you gave us a lot in that, which is great because I got several questions now. Sure. Um, let's back up a little bit. So okay. you didn't take any breaks after undergrad. 
No. I, so I, I start like, we graduated in May. And yes. I started at UG. I moved to Athens in August. Wow. Yeah. So, and the crazier thing is, you know, my, again, I came from a college educated mom, but you know, no lawyers. And so I had talked about possibly taking a break. Like I broached the subject with my mom and, you know, being a black mama, she was like, you don't need no breaks. She was mm. like, she was like, if her concern was if I took a break, I wouldn't go to law school. Right, right. Now, right. there are a lot of, I have a lot of friends who are lawyers like I, I am who took breaks, right? So, mm -hmm. like, for example, my husband is a year older than I am, and he graduated law school a year behind me. Mm. Um, he took a break. He went and he was an economist. But to my mom, she's like, I want, in her mind, she was like, she had a BA. She said she wanted a graduate degree. She took a break, and then she had me. So she was mm -hmm. like, if mm -hmm. you take a break, you're not going to, you're not going to do this. And when you're 20, I would have been 22. You just, or 21 at the time I was making the decision. I have, you just don't argue with your mama. I was like, okay, I guess she's right. I'm not gonna, I'm not right. gonna go to law school if I take a break. So I went straight through. Right. Okay. So I have a few young ladies who want to be, they're interested in the law. I have some that one, one particular, well, no, two, two are, one is at Tuskegee and the other one's at Fort Valley and they're interested in the law. How, I want to know this though. Because their biggest concern is like, oh, my God, it's seven years, it's three years, you know. And they're, so the fear of it's going to be a minute before I get to what I see. How did you tackle that? Well, I mean, the four years, right, you got, you can't think of it as like seven years. Because the four years mm -hmm. you've already, ostensibly, you've already decided to do four years of college, right? So, right. Um, and, it, I mean, you, you, different people will tell you different things, right? In this ever-evolving global marketplace, um, especially as a woman of color, the more markers you have on your resume, the easier it is for you to navigate the world. That is unfair and shouldn't be the case, but that's the nature of it, right? So, mm -hmm. like, I mean, I, I think there are statistics that you can review, um, if doing your own research about like the earn your earning capacity and what a graduate degree means. So that means you're going to be getting some kind of graduate degree. I'm, I mean, I would say most of my friends have some kind of post co collegiate, uh, you know, educational experience that mm -hmm. may be a master's mm -hmm. that may be something you may decide that down the line. And so it's just a delayed gratification. So just go straight through if that's your, I'm not even necessarily saying everyone has to do that, but three years as compared to the rest of your life is a small, is a small amount of time. Mm -hmm. And if you're talking about making money and this adulting, <laughs> why, why are you about it. Into that? Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. But you know, it's that it. when they're young, you can't tell them that, right? Yes, you know, right, they, right. They, 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 they are ready to get into the world. And then the rest of us are like, can I go back to school? Can I just write some papers? Can I take a break? Can I not have a mortgage? Can I not? I mean, why don't rush into that? To me, school provides a very insulated environment mm -hmm. where it protects you from the real world for at least another three years. So I think right. I think one should um, one should basically look at it as the opportunity to spend three years still figuring figuring out life figuring out what you want to do. You know, I see one of my friends, Kirsten, has joined. Hey, Kirsten. Kirby. 
And, you know, she and I are talking about how in our 30s, we're still trying to figure out, we're, we're trying mm. to figure out where we're going next. Right. So life is just, you know, if you don't bend, you don't break, you break. Life is just this, There, you have probably roughly about 35 or 40 working years. Uh -huh. What is, what are, what are those three years, those extra three years of law school mean to, you know, a long, a, a long journey to finding happiness and to finding your passion. Right. Right. So you you said you was from Delaware. Being from Delaware, um, how did you did that kind of change play a part in your decision to become to wanting to become a lawyer? Because you said you knew young. I don't know if Delaware, you know, impacted it as as much as I mean, like like most uh, amazing young women of color, right? You know, I've been litigating since I was three years, you know, since I could talk. Right, right. I, I, I could, I, I, I could make you know an argument with the best of them. I knew how to negotiate my way out of trouble, um, negotiate with teachers, and so you know, young, precocious, and talkative and assertive girls dream you know big and they dream of mm -hmm. being those doctors those lawyers those teachers those you know those jobs that allow them to really display their talents and so that you know i that's how i i just felt like i, I if this is what lawyers do of course i didn't know what lawyers do <laughs> i think i can do it i've been i've been negotiating since i was yay high right okay okay hey, Danny. Hey, Melissa, I, I'm trying to do some shout outs while I'm, you know, No, you're talking. good. You're good. You're good. Hey, y'all. Um, and I, I saw Danielle earlier, other, uh, uh, other, uh, 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 other favorite Danielle earlier. I don't know if she's still in here. So. Hello, Danny. Um, so you, you, you made mention to, you know, being a woman of color. How, talk to me about how, how you've navigated these waters in litigation and in law and then be, even being at UGA, being a woman of color, how, how are you moving in these different rooms that you're in on a daily basis? So, I mean, you know, the, when you walk through the door that you know that, I mean, we all get the talk, right? Again, mm -hmm. minorities get that talk, whether you're black, Hispanic, we all get that talk from our parents that says we got to be 10 times better than everyone else just to get to the same place. And it's possible that we're still not even going to get the same opportunities that so, so easily flow to other people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, when I went to law school um, in Athens, I had gone to an HBCU as, you know, we went to an HBCU together. Um, I had gone from a very affirming all black environment to UGA. I will say UGA, despite its checkered past of, of, of segregation and, um, you know, kind of like any other Southern school, mm -hmm. um, having, having had its own place in the civil rights annals, I would say UGA was a pretty good, good place to be. I didn't really deal with a lot of, I didn't really have any, I can't look back and said I had any moment mm -hmm. um, where I, I experienced overt um, racism. Um, but when I visited, that's what I was looking for, right? I wasn't going to go from one affirming environment to the mm. frying, frying pan. And so um, I, I think you tend to find an educated, 
circles more liberal people with more liberal and progressive ideas and i think that 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 uga is characterized um by that dynamic and so i went to law school uh, at UGA, I felt like people appreciated what I had to offer, appreciated the exchange of ideas. Hey, Camille. Um, and so uh, UGA really allowed me to really lean into the law school experience and make sure my, my value um, was shown. I will say going into the law firm, going into an M50 law firm, and I, I think, I mean, this is like no secret, and I talked to my firm about this. You do run into the microaggressions mm -hmm. um, when being in, in a law firm um, because I think we still live in a society where people live in segregated communities largely and so then they are they encounter brown people in the workplace and they don't always know what to do with those people like most people um, like many women I will say at the firm my biggest sponsors have been white men um, um, and uh, uh, <clears throat> and to some extent, you know, I've had experiences where I felt like people looked past my race, thought, didn't see my race and, and gave me all the opportunities um, that they think I should get. But I've also experienced microaggressions. Um, and sometimes you can be bitter about them. But for me, I've just chosen to rise above it when those moments happen to educate people because you don't have to take anything lying down. You, you can, you can, I mean, I, you, <clears throat> if someone asks you or treats you in a way you don't think is right, it's completely okay to speak up and say something. Um, mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. um, I've, I've established boundaries. I've taught people how to treat me when I didn't think, when I think they needed a lesson on how to treat me, but I've also spoken up on behalf of what I saw as unequal opportunities, even when they were happening to someone else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so um, I don't think there's any blueprint for how you deal with being a black woman in the workplace. But um, I just say, you know, as we always say, you know, one of the things we like to say right in our community is, you know, <clears throat> it's not just a, you should know who you are. And, and, and so you take that, you arm yourself with that when you go in the workplace and you know no weapon formed against you you know <laughs> right right um, right no weapon no even corporate weapon um and so uh, i think i think it, it definitely you can navigate those waters and do it well mm -hmm. i love um you know I'm, i follow your instagram because i love your boys they're just so precious and so cute thank you but i love even more um the pivots that you've made the pivots that you've made, you've made some, um, one of the pivots, I think you're starting a, a, your own business. Did I see that? I'm I'm a, eventually kind of, I'm getting a blog up off the ground when uh, okay. so that's the next step. So you make these pivots and, um, which are, they're kind of, they're interesting to me because it's almost like, you know, when we're looking at people's Instagram and you kind of, you, it's just a picture of what their life is really is. But for you on your Instagram, it's more of you get a real in-depth look on how you kind of think and how you kind of move. And I love that one. And I think your blog is going to be great. But I wanted to know, um, how, how do you decide to turn, to make the turns in the life, in life that you've made? 
when wanted to say you... hey to uh, mrs mommy esquire one of my insta friends hey girl okay <laughs> um so make sure i understand the question you you said how 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 do i make the pivots um, yes how are you, how do you get to the get to what's going through your head when you're making these pivots um that you're making because you can say that you know i'm good where i am at my law firm and not necessarily want to make this pivot and trying to get a blog off the ground because that's just another endeavor just adding more things on the plate so <laughs> that is um <laughs> um you know i i think well one of the things i've started to notice right i, mm -hmm. I started out my career at 20, 24, I joined the law firm. I was 24, I was I was young, I was single. I don't even think I uh, I had a I had a man when I started at the law firm. And now uh, 12 years later, I have two young sons, both under three, a husband, and I've changed. It's been 12 mm. years. And so um, I think you should find your passion outside of the law, uh, outside of what you're doing. So for me, I like talking to people. I like being transparent about my life um, because, I, as you say, Instagram provides a very curated experience about who you are, and it gives people just a snapshot of your life. And so, um, you know, I started just I, I have a, a really great community of not just not I have a first I have a really great community of women in my life from all walks of life who help me to navigate whether it's navigate being a lawyer, navigate being a good friend, navigate being a daughter, a wife. Um, then I have also like my mom community where we talk about things that, um, you know, impact us and, and how we approach motherhood. And so um, I think it's great to, to have transparency in these things and to be able to talk about them and offer yourself as a resource um, to other women. I follow other women who inspire me who, who teach me things. And so um, I don't set out to kind of like, you know, teach anybody anything. But if, if I can share anything from my experiences that that helps make life a little bit easier or make or even if it just makes another woman feel less alone, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. happy to do that. And I, frankly, that's satisfaction I don't get from my legal job. Right, right. Um, right. So and, you know, find yourself a place that allows you to have interests, um, a, a robust interests outside of what you're doing. Because I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a human first. Um, I'm not mm -hmm. a I'm not a a robot who just is here to practice law. Right, right. So why CAU? I have a question in this question box. Why CAU? I'm not catching everyone who joins, but like those villages of you know sisters and sister friends and moms who 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 help me. They're they're joining. I I appreciate it, ladies. For the I I appreciate the support. Um, okay, so why wait a minute. CAU? Wait a minute before you answer that one, because I want to ask this one. Danny, um, Danielle wants to know what do you do for self care. Um, uh, one of the main things I do, and I think a lot of us do it. I go to Target, right? I just go <laughs> when when if things aren't going my way, or I just need kind of some some time to disengage. I hop in the car and I drive to Target. I walk around and I spend an exorbitant amount of money. I, I can, um, you know, you, you, as you, as we say, Target. I don't go to Target looking for anything. Target tells me what I need, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's cathartic for me to just walk around, be by myself, 
my kids they've never been in target they don't go to stores with me that's that's that is my personal space um my personal space the the cashiers know me they even know me with the mask girl <laughs> the, the 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 one the first time i went after i had the baby i had on the whole mask and the girl the woman was like how's the baby i was like what the hell how, do, how does she know it's me <laughs> um and so that's the thing i found that makes me you know feel good there are other things right like watching bad reality tv and things but uh, target <laughs> is is my happy place Yep, and then I and then I tell other people to go spend their money. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so why CAU? Because I'm sure you had several other choices. Why Clark, Atlanta University? Well, first, my first choice was an HBCU. That was, you know, I I don't even my I don't even hail from HBCU stock. For mm -hmm. um, my parents, my mom didn't go to an HBCU, but I did a college tour. From Delaware, we we did a college tour down the southeast. We hit, you know, all we started at Dell State. We hit all the HBCU, well, not all of them, but we hit a good number of HBCUs. And I mean, you just get on these campuses, and I mean, the you just see all these beautiful black people, and you see, you you see this just it's very clear how affirming the environment is. And so I knew that the an HBCU was the only way for me. And so I came down to Atlanta and something about Atlanta, the city just felt like home. I told my husband this the other day. I said, once I, I set foot in Atlanta, I was like, this is my city. These are my people. This is, I don't, I don't know how I know, but this is, this is where I wanted to be. And obviously, um, so I, and then I had to choose from amongst the HBCUs. Um, and so I looked at Spelman and I looked at CAU. I applied to both. Um, and I will be honest, CAU just gave me the most money. Um, I, and, <laughs> yes. um, I, I was one of those people who Spellman just didn't, it, it, just mm -hmm. never, it didn't give me what I needed mm -hmm. to make it across the line. Um, and so I, I mean, again, and I had been on C, well, not again, but I visited CAU's campus, which was popping. This was at a time, right? The promenade, everything. And it was, there, this was no consolation prize. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm gonna be happy at CAU paying nothing for my education. Um, and so that's why I chose CAU, but I, I just, I, I'll plug the HBCU experience. For me, that was the only way. And hopefully my kids choose HBCUs and I, I hope our HBCUs remain viable um, for years to come. I'll, I have a feeling that they're gonna be Morehouse men, but I don't know. Uh, you know, I will be indoctrinating them over here. So we, that's the, that's the plan. I love it. I I love it. I love it. I love that um that you guys are so um, and I think that's what happens when you become an HBCU grad. You just you appreciate it so much more once you leave those campuses, and how you it really was such an isolated, nurturing environment that you just kind of. Adulting sucks after you leave there. Like, really sucks. Really, but really sucks. As we have seen from Madam, potential Madam Vice President, you are well prepared for the world. Yes. You can walk in any, in, in into any room um, and, and, and capably handle yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And so, um, HBC, I, I just, like you said, there's, there's nothing more nurturing um, and more encouraging 
than uh, an HBCU. So hey, 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 my my folks, um, Deanna, uh, other other Danielle, three Dan, I got three Danielles on here. I, I've done something today. <laughs> Talk about that a little bit more because um, being at I'm at we're at Gainesville High School, and a lot of our students have black students um, have no idea. Um, the significance of HBCUs, the important, um, how important they are, why they should even consider them, because they feel like they don't um, add up to like the UGAs or the Georgia Southerns and all that stuff. So talk about that a little bit more, how you felt comfortable enough to walk in those spaces and like, I got what it takes. First of all, you ain't, you don't have enough time for me to go on my, <laughs> go on a rant about, um, you know, we'll say deficit conversations around um, HBCUs. And this, I, I personally, I think I chalk it up to a gross um, and egregious misinformation campaign about mm -hmm. the benefits of HBCUs. Mm -hmm. And it's sad that some of that even comes from our community. But again, it's because it's because of the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're talking about HBCUs, um, they talk about them in deficit terms, right? We're not talking right. about how amazing they are. We're talking about the financial problems they have. We're talking about um, that. Well, that's like a big one, right? And so, mm -hmm. I mean, we we need to we need to we need to center them as value institutions that serve a purpose. They serve they they serve underserved communities, mm. um, and they they didn't just have a purpose. When white when the when the doors to white institutions were barred to us, were closed to us, they serve and they still serve a purpose today. They still graduate most black PhDs. They still they still graduate the majority of black professionals in this country, and that they they still serve a value. Again, you're gonna there's a there you are gonna have a nurturing environment at an HBCU. Um, that you just aren't going to get at a at a PWI, and most of us that have been to HBCUs can speak on it because we've seen we've been in them both. I, w I went to a I went to an HBCU for undergrad, and I went to a PWI um, for law school. Um, and I will say, at my law school, the 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 lawyer the the law students who you can tell walk with the most confidence, um, held their heads the highest, the ones who felt confident talking in the classroom and, 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 and answering questions with no hesitation, were the HBCU grads. There was just an wow. aura about the HBCU grads. And again, I'm, this is not to knock my friends who went to PWIs for undergrad, but let's just say I have firsthand, experience, have firsthand knowledge of how we carried ourselves uh, at, at, at my PWI in to be clear, the HBCU students were were still competitive in the classroom um, and did just as well or better than their counterparts. <sighs> Thank you. And again, <laughs> in the next day or two, we may be electing a, 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 a Black woman who, who graduated from an HBCU. Exactly. So at that point, that should really, you shouldn't need it. We shouldn't need a VP of the United States, but hopefully that puts a pin in the conversation surrounding um, the ability of HBCUs to prepare students and whether there's still value in HBCUs. Because frankly, and she's admitted it, Kamala Harris wouldn't be who Kamala Harris was 
who is today without in part in, without you know her HBCU experience. Absolutely. So we have a question in the question box. Sydney wants to know how many how how many hours did you study a week in law school? I so um um so. I mean, you study a lot in law school. That first year, I mean, there's an old saying that say, you know, your first year, they scare you to death. Your second year, they work you to death. And your third year, they bore you to death. But that first year and scaring you to death, it's a lot of work. I didn't come mm. home for Thanksgiving, which my mom had a fit about. Um, it's a lot of work, but it's also a lot of work because it's new for you. Mm -hmm. um, you. You've never studied like this. You've never. So law school is based on the Socratic method. And so what the Socratic method does is you come into the classroom, you, the, the teacher, the professor has assigned you a, a reading from the day before. And it's a lot of reading. It's not a small amount of reading. They've assigned you some reading material. And then the next day you're in a class of 60 people and they could call on any one of those 60 people to have to stand up and go back and forth with the teacher, which means it's not, it's not, you're not, it's not rote learning. You are you are reading a case. You are synthesizing the information that you read, and now you may be called on to go back and forth with the teacher about what you read. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it could be the whole class that you might be the only person they call on the entire class. Wow! And you do not want to be embarrassed if you've not read, if you've not read in a way in which you read for comprehension. Um, because again, this is a t for an hour. The teacher is asking you questions and going back and forth with you. So that that means that that the workload is pretty heavy. Mm. Oh my goodness! That means y'all got to study. Uh. It's it's no studying like you've ever done before. Okay, ladies, y'all. I mean, y'all have to study. Those of you, some of you guys who are in here who wanted to be lawyers, no can't walk. Uh, so, because I'm sure they ha they're going to have this question. Tell them what litigation law is, because that's that's what you practice. And all of them, they only know about, you know, divorce attorneys and maybe criminal attorneys and prosecutors and defense attorneys, all that. So. Sure. So litigation uh, litigators basically are, are, are trial lawyers. Technically, they are the people who litigate or resolve disputes. So um, you kind of have two tracks. You have transactional lawyers who do deals, who, you know, if a company's buying another company, that goes to a transactional lawyer. I would be the lawyer who come in if the deal fell apart and the, the, two, the two sides sued each other. I'd be the kind of lawyer they would call. Mm -hmm. And so um, I file, you know, I, I represent companies when lawsuits are filed against them in court. Um, and then once a lawsuit is filed against a company, then it's our job to step in and basically be and respond on behalf. We respond as the company. We submit all documentation to the court. I'm speaking, I'm trying to speak in layman terms. Um, <laughs> my lawyers might be like, you mean pleadings? But we submit documents on behalf of the court, I mean, on behalf of the company we represent. So we answer the allegations. It's our job. We, we are the first line of defense to that company when they get sued. Okay. Or they sue someone else. Okay. Now, I actually liked that course when I took it in undergrad. It was aviation law that bored me to death in tort. No. So yeah, you had aviation law? I was at Morris Brown. So they we had aviation. We had aviation law and torts. 
And after when I took torts, I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do because that's impressive. It was going to be my um my major, and I was like, mm, this is not for me. But I enjoyed litigation law. Okay. I enjoyed it because we we you know you got to kind of interact and argue cases and all that. That and um, family law, I loved it. So I I almost went on the law track, and I was like, it's not for me. It's not for me. Mm-mm. So why? Because you know you're a member of Delta Sigma Theta. Yes. <laughs> And I've seen a lot of my sores in addition to um, friends. I, I see a law school classmate in here. Ty. Hey, Ty. Um. Yes. I, you know, because I'm going to ask you, because see, previously when I talked to my queens, we have a few of them who are who've chosen to be AKAs. Mm-hmm. Bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. So for you, why Delta? Why Delta? Because you chose Delta as Sigma chapter, so you know. Quite Are there other sororities? <laughs> <laughs> well, for you and I, absolutely not. But you know, for some I, I, of these, I know, and I got some of my pink and green sisters up in here, so you know they. <laughs> <laughs> there's really, it's really toy. You know they they know I'm they know I'm talking smack. Um, for me, um, in my house, there was only one choice. Absolutely. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I had uh, I had actually done Jabberwock and mm. in high school, and so um, I mean, and you, I feel like if you're in high school and you see these fabulous Delta ladies coming in mm-hmm. in their you know red, wide brim hats, and they're just fabulous. Exactly. Maybe if I would have done something else, pink and green, I might have. You know, I'm sure they are just as fabulous too. I, my mother-in-law and my stepmother and my sister-in-law are AKAs. Um, so I, I got lo- enough love to go around, but doing Jabberwock, that was my intro, that was my entree to, to sorority life. And mm-hmm. it was, so I was like, this is what I want to do. Where I would say I was like, I, you know, I take that back. I might not have been like, I, that, since that was my introduction to it, I was like, this might be a cool thing to do. And then when I got on CAU's campus, um, the Deltas, they had, they had crossed the line that that spring, and again they were just fabulous. My RA, you know, you know Amanda, um, Amanda McIntyre. You, I think you know, you might. I might know by face. I might know mm-hmm. by face. She was my RA, and she crossed that semester, uh, and so I just the women I knew personally were AK were not AKC. Look, Freudian slip. We're Deltas, and so um, it just was an easy decision because Sigma chapter is. I mean, it's the real plum and being mm-hmm. part of a, a single letter chapter with a lot of pride. Yes. Um, a lot of pride. Yes. Um, it just, it has, I will say, has been one of the highlights of my life. So I don't regret it at all. I will say one of the things that I really do love about Sigma chapters, you guys' sisterhood is very, um, very full. It's so, it's so lovely. And it's when you're when you're when you look at it from afar and you're really not a part of it, it's just that's what Delta should be, you know, because when you go to other campuses, you, you you know, it's some rifts. Let's be honest. We're women. We're sisters. It's going to, you know, we're going to it's going to be fights. It's like it's a sisterhood. So you're going to fight and it's going to be some discourse there. But it's you guys are just so sisterly. And, you know, the sisterhood is very rich there, which I love 
when I was working there. So, I'll, well, so I mean, to be clear, because I don't want I don't want anybody to, you know, the, I think I don't know if I froze or you froze. It's no utopia, but um, as, like you said, in a rich sisterhood, there you're mm -hmm. gonna argue, you're gonna fight. It's like any I have I have a younger sister and siblings. You're you're gonna fight, but the bonds remain there, and mm -hmm. um, it's it's again, it always remains uh, an organization nationally. Um, that I'm I'm proud of being a part of, and of course, my love for my undergraduate chapter um, has no bounds. So, <laughs> absolutely not. So, I want to know what, um, how has your your net worth, your net your net worth, um, help your net worth? I hope you can, did. I break yes. up. Yeah, net worth. Did you get it? Help, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay, because it sounded like I went out. Um, well, so, I mean, my husband and I talk about this all the time, going back to HBCUs, we both, I went to UGA, he went to NYU for law school, but by far, the strongest network we have mm. is our HBCU network. And I leverage them all. I leverage Spelman, Morehouse, the AUC, our friends at, at Howard, um, that HBCU network is, is the one that we rely on heavily, the, the heaviest. And so... Mm -hmm. Um, I can't speak, I, it can't, basically making sure that you have a quality network can't be understated. And making sure that you, first of all, don't burn bridges, that you look at, you shouldn't be using anyone, but make sure, like, you should also, like anything in life, first of all, you should, you should always be considerate of how you treat other people. Mm -hmm. But you just never know where someone's gonna, gonna be in life. Um, and so you should just be kind to everyone um, and you should always make sure you you are taking opportunities to add people to your network okay so we have a question in the box what was the big, biggest lesson you learned about yourself during the pandemic mm. um that's a good question i'm not i guess uh, um i learned that uh, I like spending time with my kids. Um, <laughs> not saying I did. I've spent a lot of time with them. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not saying I didn't like it before, but I had a, a, a I was given an abundance of time with these children. Um, one in particular before the baby came, and I've enjoyed it. Uh, when when we sent him back to preschool, actually, I was sad. I missed him a little bit. Mm. So. I would say that's the lesson I learned. If that's a lesson, sorry, that might be a sub uh, suboptimal answer. No, that's a lesson. It's a lesson. I, I feel like my other mamas lesson. know what I mean. Like I didn't know I liked it this much, and I don't know if I ever want it to happen this much again. But I'm enjoying it while it lasts. I love that answer. I'm pretty sure Raquel would agree to that. Um, she would be like, "Exactly. I actually like them. I actually yes. like them." I just like them. So one of the things that we like to do um, within 500 Queens is we, we, we love to make sure that we're bringing women like yourself in front of them at all times. We want to keep positive people and really dope women in front of them. What advice would you give them going forward, especially in with, with everything that's going on in the world and with them trying to pursue these different professions? Um, so in, 
I, I feel like that's a pretty broad question. Is there, is, is it like advice on, I mean, the, the number one piece of advice I would probably give because you can, there, there's no replacement for hard work mm -hmm. is just make sure that you are, you are doing the best that you can do because ultimately everything you're doing, if you're, you know, if you're going from high school to college, making sure that you have a good plat, like making sure that you have a good foundation just makes things in life so much easier um, and always preparing for that next step. And so some of that just means sacrificing. If you need to sacrifice some, some, some time with your friends or, 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 or other things that you need to do, just doing well mm -hmm. is, is, is sufficient enough because you're a young, you're, if you're a young brown woman going into the world, again, you don't want to give anybody the, the chance to, to shut any doors or, or try to stop you from progressing. And when you, when, and when you have certain markers of, I guess what they say, credibility, right? Mm -hmm. Well, is one of them that, that, that means that no one can determine, only you can determine your altitude. And so I think when I go to high schools and talk to kids um, or colleges, I'm like, just do well. That's the easy, I mean, that's the easiest thing you can do mm -hmm. to, to, to help yourself in the world. Mm. That's really good. That's it's important. Really I mean, you know, it's, it's like having good credit, right? Yeah. It's, having good credit is so, it, it, it does not, having good credit just it makes life so much easier right it means right no one can tell you no and so when you do when you do well in school no one can tell you no i mean they can but you get what i'm saying like right you give yourself the best opportunity um to 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 do whatever it is that you want to do absolutely that's really good ladies i hope y'all hear that that's really good advice just do well just just do well and it's so simple but it's so powerful i love it i love it so my friends are having a love fest on here hey girls <laughs> hey 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 everybody but, but i've seen some seeing some of my kings join you know like my friend jason he might have left hey! i can't see i can't see when people leave um so hey christy see when they come uh, that's my law school roommate so she 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 knows the struggle of, of law school we live together and we're each other's support system so i love it i love it i love i love this i love this we're gonna wrap up because i gotta go to class uh, <laughs> class at eight o'clock at night but hey I, I i'm on california it. time so it's on california time so I got class at eight thirty. Well, you know, I appreciate you giving you thinking of me um, for this conversation, of giving me a platform to talk about my experiences. Um, for your for your 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 young ladies, I'm my my name. I'm the only Janisha Lodehold on the internet. There's no one else in the world, in this world of billions of people. I am the only one. So they can find me. They they are welcome to email me to call me. Um, I'm happy to talk through. Um, any, any, anything. Um, and if they're interested in law school, I'm, de I'm definitely uh, open to talking to them. I will give them your information. I'm, I'm definitely going to, I know it's four of them. They, they text me because they can't, I can't get to the questions. If I go to the text, I can't get their questions. So they text me their questions. So I'll, I'm just going to forward them to you and for their, for them, your information, because they have tons of questions <laughs> that I can't, they'll occupy the conversation. 
Well, I can't promise I got the answers, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk. But I want to I want to ask you one last question. Um, so at 500 Queens, we our motto is um, inspiring young women to develop the um, the queen within. What does a queen mean to you? Queen is a a queen is a woman who holds her head high. She she is she is affirmed in her own sense of self worth, mm-hmm. um, and she, as as we like to colloquial, colloquially say, um, she knows her value, and then she adds tax. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate this and you just taking the time because I know you're busy. And for you to just give me a yes right away, you're like, sure, whatever. Yeah, anything you need. We appreciate it so much. Thank you, uh, Kristen. Kirsten. Kirsten, Kirsten. Child, it's so small on my phone, I can't see it. But um, thank you guys. Thank you for tapping in. Join us next week. Um, I'll be posting that guest in a little bit. And so you guys, for my ladies, for my queens, send me your questions. If you want to get in contact with Janisha, let me know. And I will give her your information and y'all can become pen pals and buddies. Y'all not pen pals no more. So <laughs> thank you Hey, so Corey, much. you late? It's all, we're wrapping <laughs> up. I'm sorry. It's all good. It's all good. I'm, I saved this. So if you want to use it, if you guys want to go back and look at it, feel free. I saved the lives and it's under, it'll be under the boss life series. So. Awesome. All right. Love you. I hope to see you at homecoming. Yeah. Whenever we can go back. Listen, um, open so this and- world back up. So I, I got homecoming to hit. Black baptisms. I need to get there. <laughs> all right. Thanks. And thanks again to everyone who joined. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you have any questions, suggestions, or just need to get something off your chest, email us at 500queensghs at gmail.com. Follow and DM us on Instagram and Facebook at 500queens. Follow us on Snapchat on queens500ghs. Our podcast where we discuss situations from a teenage girl's point of view. Danielle is here. You're early, sis. But we're gonna bring you back bring you on in and we can just um chat. I was just typing to be early is to be on time. Oh listen, listen. Tell tell the people. Tell the people to be early is to be on time and to be on time is to be late. You better internalize it. Listen, you're early. I usually come on early just to talk to whomever jumps on with me. But yes, yes, queen. <laughs> hey, Alexis. Alexis, come see me. I need to talk to you, girl. Um, So we'll, we'll get started like right at seven. Sure. Give them give them whoever's going to tap in, tap in. Sure. And we, we're going to post this on our YouTube. And we'll have a YouTube coming up at the first of the year. Nice. So yeah, but basically, so five hundred queens. We're just like a female mentoring group in the Gainesville area, and um, we like to expose our young women to endless possibilities of what they can become. 
And so um, we usually do this type of thing during like our career week. But of course, of COVID, we can't do that. So we're having to do it virtually. And usually, you know, usually we set you out real good with a nice little lunch and some luncheon and everything. (laughs) But since we can't do that, we're having to do it like this. And they requested an accountant. And I was like, I know one. (laughs) So I was like, I know one. And so we usually ask them every year, what what do you want to see? Who, which careers, what do you want to explore? And they gave us a very extensive list. And yours is one of them. So I got to tackle the rest of the list next semester where we're having a nurse and um, um, uh, not an orthopedic surgeon, but a occupational therapist. It's a bunch of stuff. It's a bunch of stuff. But that's what this is. I know you were just like, you got the message from me. You was like, what is this? But... It's it's very chill. We're gonna chill. It's gonna be you and I just talking. So don't be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I love stuff like this because honestly, you know, I remember when I was in high school and it was like the more exposure that you, you know, you 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 obtained, the better it helps you to understand what you like, what you don't like, what your interests are. And the only way you do that is through these type of platforms. Mm-hmm. So kudos to you for providing oh, that to the girls. Thank you. Yeah. So first of all, this look, honey, <laughs> come on, beat face. Let me tell you, this is probably like the third time in about mm, three months that I put on makeup. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, I might need to do a little something. I don't, I don't want <laughs> I couldn't do it today. I was like, I'm not doing it today. Usually I'm putting a little light, light something on. I couldn't do it today. I was like, I'm tired. I barely made it here in time. I barely made it home in time to get on in time. So I was like, I can't do it today. But yes, serve them, queen. Serve them, sis. Hey, serve them. You know, thank you for giving me a reason to because <laughs> it's normally uh, workout gear and uh, a messy bun with the braids and call it a day and glasses. Listen. Listen, come as you are. This is like the church service. Come as you are. Come as you are. So here we go. So everybody, thank you for coming back. Ooh, Jesus. Thank you. I don't spill my my juice. Thank you for coming. And this, we're going to talk to Danielle Ramsey. Ramsey, right? Ramsey, yeah. Skills, skills, skills. Girlfriend got married, so I gotta, gotta make sure I got the name right. It used to be Porter, so I'm saying. <laughs> so we're talking to, to Dan, Danielle Ramsey, and she is an accountant. But um, so Danielle, we're just gonna get into it. Let's get into it about. Let's start here. Where did your love of numbers come from? Yeah. So um, it really started. In high school, I want to say it was sophomore year, or maybe junior year. I took an accounting class, mm-hmm. and my prof- or the the teacher, the way that he taught the class, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I really like this. I mean, he, I mean, he made it really fun, and you know, he he highlighted that what we think about when we hear accounting where you, you know, the number crunching. And mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. it was not that at all. Um, it was a lot of like critical thinking and analysis mm. and um, problem solving. Um, 
And then the number crunch, number crunching was just kind of like an after, after the fact. Uh, but he really, he taught it in a way that I was like, okay, I think I really like this. And then it was after that, I kind of was like, I think I, I knew I always wanted to do something in business, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, when we talk about the different concentrations in business, you know, marketing, uh, supply chain, um, business management, it was one of those areas that I felt like I, I think I, I think I can do this long term. And of course, you know, it was one of those fail safe, one of those fail safe careers or um, um, concentrations where you know, they always say that everybody needs an accountant or everybody, right. needs, you know, everyone needs someone to know the numbers. And so as far as when you talk about careers and longevity, um, I knew that that was something that was worth exploring. Mm, okay. So you're in high school and now you get in this opportunity to, to go to college and you choose Clark Atlanta, which by the way, has a really good business program. Absolutely. Why Clark? Because I'm sure you got accepted to other schools. But why yeah. Clark? Um, honestly, it was I. I actually did a um, HBCU tour, and so we went to FAMU. And the funny thing is, FAMU was actually my top choice. Okay. And then when we went down to FAMU, I I, I did love it. But then when we stopped at Clark Atlanta, when I stepped on campus. There was a feeling that I got mm -hmm. where I was like, "No, this is home." Like I don't, it's I can't explain mm -hmm. it, but it was just this feeling like, "No, this is where I'm supposed to be." And I told my mom, "Mom, this is it. This is where I'm going." And she's like, "Okay, that's fine." And applied, and then got in, and I was like, "Oh, I'm 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 headed to Atlanta." <laughs> wow, wow! I tell I tell I tell the girls all the time. You know, you just know. You There's, know, it's a I, I can't explain it. I'm just like you. You can't explain it. But when you put your feet on that soil, you will know. But you have to put your feet there first. Yeah. Yep. So yep. let's talk about, okay, let's compare the two programs. Because FAM has a very distinguished um, business program as well. Great business school. So let's compare the programs. What, what would you say is Clark's strength? Um, honestly, I think it was the professors mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think Atlanta being in a major city I mean we're meant I mean you're literally right downtown from you know fortune 500 corporations so when we talk about the career development um and that networking Clark had Clark had a really good uh, relationship built with um you know, different companies. And so when we talk about like the career fair and things like that, honestly, it's like at Clark, as if you showed up to the career fair, it was kind of, it was handed to you. And then all you had to do was present yourself because the, the companies came, the companies came to Clark because they knew Clark had good talent. They knew that we were competitive. We, they knew that we were the best of the best. And so they're just looking for who's the right fit for their corporation. Mm. So that was one thing that attracted to me um, in comparison to um, FAMU, you know, FAMU's in Tallahassee and, and, and it's a little bit more, you know, you, 
not to say that Tallahassee doesn't have you know corporations and things like right, that, but right. you may have to go to like an, another larger city, city, yeah, um, to get more opportunities. And mm -hmm. so it was kind of like everything is all everything is right there, like literally everything is right there. It was easy to get internships um, mm -hmm. throughout college because I mean, literally, your minutes from right every, everything um and so that really that really appealed to me and then also i think you know when at the time when you looked at um uh you know different lists rankings of um programs clark was on it so it was kind of like clark consistently right hit all the check marks for you okay okay mm -hmm. that's <laughs> i love it i love it so take me through you're, you're stepping on the campus. It's your first year. You're a freshman at Clark Atlanta University. And did you start out in business? Was I it, did. So it was accounting all the way, no matter what. I, I knew because, you know, technically, like, your fresh, like the first semester of your freshman year, you don't declare your concentration. But I was a business student. Um, and then it wasn't until, I think, like, your second semester that you kind of declare what you think your concentration is going to go into but I had knew right away I mean I, there I was going to do accounting it was like at that point I'm I'm in it I'm in it <laughs> right did you did you minor in anything else it was just straight accounting <laughs> yeah because accounting is one of those career or one of those um well one of those majors that um you know, most people then, like, after you get your undergrad, you, you know, you do your master's because you need the additional 30 hours to um, be able to sit for your CPA, if, if that's something that you want to attain. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, also the, the, when you start getting to the upper, upper level accounting, the curriculum is a little bit more rigor. So for me, I just, I really wanted to focus on um, excel, excelling as much as I could um, because I knew I wanted to put myself at kind of like the top mm -hmm. of, 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 my, of my class so that when it came to looking for career opportunities, that wasn't something that I had to kind of struggle with. It was kind of like, oh, I already know. I meet all the qualifications that you're looking for, the GPA uh, uh, minimum and you know, the um, course requirements and like the internship requirements. So then at that point, it was more so just like trying to find a good fit for me. Right. Okay, let me ask you this. So, I, so you know, I know at Clark, y'all walk around once a week in your business briefcases. <laughs> um, <laughs> and one of the things we try to really instill in our young ladies is the importance of how you present yourself especially in these spaces. And I want to talk about how important, well, what were some of the things that was just kind of a given when you stepped into those classrooms at Clark? Did, what was the expectation? Did you just know, like, I got to be on top of my game because this professor is, the, the standard is so high for them. Yep, yep. We had a, I'll, I will never forget him, uh, 
Dr. Carr. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he was one of the accounting professors at Clark Atlanta. And he was one of, he was the old, old school teacher. Okay. Mm -hmm. Old school. Matter of fact, I think he was, he, he passed away several years ago, but he was one of the first CPAs in Atlanta. Wow. Uh, and had his own firm. So he, he he was one of those professors where he worked his way to where he was and he wasn't gonna let any little knucklehead kid come in and think that they're just gonna, you know, you know, right. finesse their way through accounting. And so his class, I mean, he, he would tell you on day one, he'll tell you, he said, he'll say, look to your left and look to your right. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, a couple of people are not gonna be in this class because I'm gonna fail you. And he's like, and I'm not afraid to fail you. He was like, you gonna work hard for this class. I mean, he, I mean, day one. And the reason why he did that is because first of all, there's not a lot of black um, accountants mm -hmm. and there's not a lot, black, a lot of black CPAs. And then when you kind of think about the role of an accountant, you know, essentially you're you're dealing with someone's money and right. your and 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 their financial statements and a lot of times their financial statements are used um um to you know from a from a uh, customer perspective or even from a stakeholder perspective their financial statements are how people view how well the company is performing it determines whether or not they can get you know uh, loans or um, if people, if they're looking to acquire other companies, I mean, everything is based off of the the accuracy of their financial statements. And so a lot of times when you go after these type of roles, I mean, they're looking for like the top of the top um, professionals. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted to make sure that that was instilled in us um, from the very beginning so that that's all you know, right? You don't know right. anything different. You, I mean, that's just how you conduct yourself. That's how you conduct your business. That's how you conduct your relationships when it comes to that profession. Um, and so for me, I think that that was something that like really, I, I mean, I internalized and it truly, it, I, I am forever grateful. Right. Um, because it has, even as I continue to grow in my career, it has truly helped. I mean, that's part of the reason why I've been able to climb the ladder mm -hmm. um, because that's the first thing you're, you know, my, my reputation at, at my company, the work that I do, the level of quality, that's what, you know, that's what they know me, uh, know me for. And that's because of the training and, right. and that was institute instituted into, in me um, at Clark. Right. Oh my goodness. So, you, you're this black woman. Let's talk about it, and let's 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 call let's let the elephant roam freely. You're this black woman in this white world because this is corporate America. Mm -hmm. Tell me what that was like for you when you first started, because I'm pretty sure you've learned how to navigate those waters now pretty well. Mm -hmm. But when you first got there, what was that like? Honestly, had it not been for my internships and me not kind of being getting prepared through those internships, it would have been kind of shocking um, because now, you know, when you're in school, it's kind of like everyone's on the same playing field. But then once you enter into the, the real world, 
you know, you're, you're dealing with all types of people at all different types of levels mm -hmm, and you have mm -hmm. to come in and establish yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, because I had that training on the front end, it was just, I kind of already knew the game. Um, but you know, it's, it's coming in, um, being professional, um, um, doing quality work, um, asking good questions, um, being what we like to see, uh, what we like to say at my company is um, intellectually curious. Mm -hmm. um, do you have that intellectual, intellectual curiosity? Um, because if you do, what a lot of times corporations are looking for are people who are teachable. Not everybody's mm -hmm. teachable. Right, right. But if you're teachable and you have the willingness to want to learn, they can work with you. A lot of times you'll hear people say, I can work with that. They may mm -hmm. not, they may not have everything, but I can, I can, I can teach them what they need to know. Um, so, you know, having those type of skill sets, um, being, being open to change because, you know, with, with the world, things are constantly changing and you have to be able to adapt, um, being able to, um, ask for opportunities, raise your hand, put yourself out there, uh, make connections, build networks. Those were all things that, you know, um, through my internships and as a new employee, you kind of had to learn how to master. Uh, because once you get those type of things under your belt, then that only kind of, it's, that sets the foundation and helps propel you as you continue to grow in your career. Carol, okay. So we know that, you know, majority African-Americans really don't have a really good relationship when it comes to money. What, what are some, let's give some girls some tips on, you know, what some things that they can do to start to change that narrative. Cause we want to really empower them to have good financial planning and good financial sense and not, you know, cause we want to get our nails done and, and lashes. And we can't pay dues and can't pay um, graduation dues and all this thing, all these things. So talk to them about the importance of just having a better relationship with money. Yeah. So I think the first step is the willingness to want to to do better. Mm -hmm. um, and when you when you make up in your mind that I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be struggling. I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. When you tell yourself that you don't want to do that, then you put yourself into a position. I think a lot of a lot of this stuff is being intentional and putting yourself into the right position where then you seek out the resources. And so, you know, nowadays there are so many free resources. There's so many platforms that teach you money management. Um, one of the things that, you know, um, probably about, two and a half years ago I started doing was listening to Dave Ramsey mm -hmm. and just listening to his podcast they're free while I was at work I'm doing work and in my headphones I'm listening to Dave Ramsey to learn about better money management um you know the baby steps well what what do I need to do first and you know he talks about well first thing is uh save a thousand dollars a lot of people don't even have, you know, when, when you talk about A, if they even have a savings, and then B, they may only have, a, you know, $100 or something in their savings. But we, what we know is life is going to happen. 
So right. we need to do what we we need to do what is necessary to save money. So save a thousand dollars so you have a cushion. And then of course the next thing is, you know, working on cleaning up your debt. We can't we gotta stop we gotta get away from using credit cards all the time. Um or you know, getting your nails done. Now I get my nails done, but at the same time, when I was trying to I'm I'm debt free. <laughs> so it was a I mean graphic. flex a little bit, flex a little bit, flex on them a little bit, sis, flex on I'm debt free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you think about it, it's like okay, you spend especially if you get SNS and you get the design and all that stuff, you could you walk out of there and almost paid a hundred dollars between the, the SNS and then the pedicure and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But then you know, that could have been $100 that you could have moved towards your credit card bill that you're only paying $20 on the minimum balance and you're never going to get out of debt when you pay, pay the minimum. Um, and it's, it's, it's all about just kind of how you approach this stuff and prioritize because we're not, you know, the thing is, is that we're, people are not saying that you can't get your nails done. It's just you have to do everything in the right order. Right. And, and so you know, um, being able to utilize those free platforms to become more aware about money management and what you need to do to have that financial freedom and then actually being committed and, and coming up with a plan of writing. I, I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of writing down your plan, writing down your goals. I have a journal where, you know, you know, here's my goals. I mean, sometimes, I mean, it could even be your to-do list. Mm -hmm. uh, my, today, my to-do list is to uh, put away $20. Or today, I'm not going to go to Starbucks. Or, you know what I mean? And so yeah. it's baby steps. And then next thing you know, those baby steps build into big wins. And then you're in a position now where you've cleaned up your debt. You, you, have, you have a budget. You're living within your means, and then you're able to do the things that you want to do um, later on. So let's let's talk about that. How important? Because we have a, a lot of our students are um, we're Title One school, so a great deal of our students are um, have some economic economic challenges. Mm -hmm. How important? If you were talking to a young person who had those difficulties. What would you tell them to help them find a way out of it? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing, especially when we talk about like going to school, going mm -hmm. to college, you know, sometimes we may not be able to go to our dream school. Right. Sometimes you have to go to a school that you can afford. And sometimes it may be you go to community college first to get, you know, to take, you know, your, your, get your basic classes out of the way. And then you transfer over to a, a big university. Um, um, the second part of that is that, okay, you, you know, we're already enrolled in this university. We got student loans. Um, don't take out more than what you need. A lot of times what happens is, you know, if the max that you can take out that semester is, let's say, $10,000, but the but for tuition, room and board was only 5000 but you took out the re the other 5000 to live off of, well, that 5000 that you took out now, four years from now, when you have to pay that back, that, that turned into, you know, 20000 because of the interest. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times it's okay. We have to be, if you got to go into debt, let's be smart and strategic about how we're going to, how we're accumulating that debt. And then as soon as we're done, start paying on it immediately um, as much as you can. Um, sometimes, you know, we, uh, uh, it's okay working and going to school. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to work and go to school. You know, sometimes you have to, um, you know, Uber or, you know, whatever the case may be. We have to do things that we may not necessarily want to do in order. Again, it's that delayed gratification uh, to put ourselves into a position where um, we'll make it through once that season is done. Right, right, right. Okay, so this is what I want to know. You have this love of numbers. And now <laughs> you have, I don't know if you had, well, you had some debt and you're debt free. Now we get to the stage where you're debt free. So what has, have you changed how you changed your relationship with numbers since, since having the debt? Like, what are you doing differently now? Yeah. So the biggest thing is I, I don't <laughs> Wait, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because we're not just going to graze over that brick that's on your finger. But go ahead. <laughs> Delayed gratification. You got to get everything in order. Everything in, it will all come, but everything in order. <laughs> um, so, you know, for me, um, I think twice. Do I really need that? Um, I don't get so wrapped up in the hype of, you know, the latest trends and fashions and, oh, you know, for, for example, you know, iPhone, the new iPhone came out. Mm-hmm. Now, would I love to have it? I think I still have the iPhone. I don't know what, which one this is. I don't know if this is the eight or the, <laughs> it's, it's old. Um, and I'm like, you know, I would love a new camera. I would love a new camera, but do I really need it? Right. No. Do I do I need to spend a thousand dollars for the new iPhone 12? No. Like I, I just kind of I think about things a little bit more before I do it. Right. Um. Because I feel like a lot of times if you kind of sit and say and you say, okay, do I really want it? Do I really? And you let some time pass by. A lot of times those urges that you initially had, you'd be like, oh no, that's okay. I don't need it. Right. Um, versus being so reactive and like, oh, I'm gonna go get it. Uh, so yeah, the my the love of my number, the love of numbers has just kind of really helped me to like, I think things through a little bit more. Um, I think a lot of times I um, am very intentional. Um, so for example, like when I wanted to um, pay off my debt, like I literally went through every single dollar that I had coming in and was trying to figure out how could I set aside like a thousand dollars above and above what I was already paying on a month, uh, paying monthly to figure out how I could throw extra money. Uh, when, when you become focused and intentional, you'll be surprised what all you can come up with and what all you can do. So it kind of just, I think it just puts you in a different mind state. Mm-hmm. where you're more you're just smarter about mm-hmm. the decisions that you make um versus what you would have been you know pre you know prior to that um i would say it's the biggest thing 
Now, what would you say to the young person who says, if I budget, I ain't going to have no money? You know, because my niece is that person. If I want to go out with my friends, but if you put me on a budget, I ain't going to have no money. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is that um, the word budget has such a negative connotation to a lot of people. Because when people hear the word budget, they assume that they, it means that you can't. And that's not true. A, it in your budget a budget supposed to be very realistic so you know you can have a um a you know you can have a allotment for entertainment mm -hmm. or an allotment for going to um you know going out to eat but it's instead of um i just go whenever i want to your budget says well you only have a hundred dollars so you better be wise about what <laughs> Right. What you choose to use that hundred dollars on. So it helps you to be more st strategic. Um, but, you know, in your budget, you know, to be successful, you can't necessarily um, negate the things that you want to do. But it may be where um, instead of like last minute where the girls say, oh, let's go to Cancun or oh, let's go to Miami. And then it's like now, you know, OK, sure, I'm going, you know, and then you pull out your credit card. Well, no, your budget will say, you know, I know that at some point in the year, I want to go, I want to travel. So what I'm going to do is every month, I'm going to set aside $25 into my travel fund so that when that moment comes where I'm ready to travel, I already have the cash up front. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, you got to think differently. It's not, I can't, but it's, okay, how can I do this? Um, and maybe I need to start preparing in advance and saving a little bit so that when it's ready, it's time to do something, I have the money to do it. Right, right. That's so good. Oh, that's so good. Huh. I'm telling you, I, I had to learn because I wasn't always like that. In college, I was not like that. <laughs> I was going everywhere. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. How is the accounting going everywhere? <laughs> The accountant was using that credit card. <laughs> I, I mean, I literally, I was doing everything that every any other person was in college. You know, I I, I worked during the summer. I interned at um, um, PwC, one of the accounting big four accounting firms. So I was a, I, I was making good money interning, and then I would save all that money I made during the summer, and then that's what I would use or to live off of during the school year. Mm -hmm. So. So to me, and then of course, my, my parents was paying for my um, tuition, um, well, through loans. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so, so for me, I was like, oh, I, I have, I'm ready. I got money. I got money. I got money. Right. I got money. Uh, so I, you know, I was living my best life. And then, you know, when I graduated and then, you know, the real world hit and I was a real adult and I was like, oh, wait, wait a minute. What? I got to pay back what? Or, you know, I, I got to do what? Or, oh, my mm -hmm. credit card is uh, $5,000. I think I'm not, this is, I tell you, I, I kid you not. My credit card at one point in time was. It was almost like sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars, and that was probably like that was probably like 
mm, two years after I graduated. And I and at that point I was just it was just shuffling I was shuffling money around move you know Robin Robin Peter to pay you know, I, yeah. I was doing all that and then and then it hit me like how are you an accountant and you and you managing other people's money but you can't even manage your money mm. that don't make sense and then you live in a you live in a essentially a lie where yeah it it looks like you're doing well for yourself you know you done graduated you done you done started your career you're making really good money and you sitting here with tw almost almost twenty something thousand dollars in debt mm. what does that look like make it make sense <laughs> make it make sense and i and at that moment i said i can't do this i i got i have to be i, I have to practice <laughs> Mm -hmm. what I preach and that's when I got really serious and I started learning as much as possible about money management I stopped I stopped going you know here and there and everywhere and really put a plan wrote down a plan and started working towards paying off that debt and I was so gazelle intense I paid that debt off in a year wow a year that's how serious I was done being broke i was done i was done no more and from that moment i said never again if i do i rarely use my credit card to this day if i do use it it's you know as soon as the charge hits i pay it because mm -hmm. I, I don't even want to see a balance like it 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 impacted me that much that i literally cannot stand to have not one single dollar on that credit mm -hmm. card it's the anxiety of it mm -hmm. oh wow so how <laughs> are, are your parents good with money are your parents numbers numbers people too my my mom is a numbers person so my mom is my mom naturally is a saver but my that dad my is a spender my yep. dad is a spender and if he wants something, he's going to get it. And that's how I am. If I want something, I'm going to get it. Or at least that's how I was. <laughs> Until I realized, like, okay, if I want something, I can get it. But I'm going to put a plan down and, and outline a path to get there. Where when I when I do it, there's no such thing as buyer's remorse. Where right. you're like, dang, I, I don't went to the mall and bought these pants or these shoes or this person. No one I didn't need. I don't have none of that because I I've I've done the steps mm -hmm. and I really determined like this is something that I want. I have the cash. I'm good to go and I'm moving on. Right, right, right. So you have a little girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How old is she? Sixteen months. She's sixteen months. What what do you want her to to learn? Like if you had to say it's one thing that I want you to learn from me what would it be um i think the i think the biggest thing that i want her to learn is to not be afraid to go after what she wants mm -hmm. i think and i and let me put some context around there i think a lot of times we have dreams and goals but 
we sometimes are afraid to pursue it because you know whether it's someone tells us like well no you shouldn't do that well no are you sure you know they're they they put they they in they 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 put they cast their doubt mm -hmm. onto us um and i feel like I, I I feel like in some instances, I may have done that to myself where, for example, it could be with the position at work. Mm -hmm. I think I can do that, but well, I don't, but I don't have that experience or, mm -hmm. mm, well, I don't really know. I don't want to, I don't want to put myself in a position where I go after it, I get it, and then I don't succeed. And I think I was on... I can't remember. I know I was at a conference and I can't remember what conference. It could have been like like the National um, Black MBA or something like that. And someone has said on a panel that sometimes they go after roles that they may not know everything. They may not know everything that's needed, but they'll they'll figure it out once they get there. Right. And I thought about that like, dang, you're right. A lot of times, that's how you learn. Mm -hmm, is when you mm -hmm. put yourself into positions where you have to find a way or make one. You got to figure it out. Right. And 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 I feel like if I if I had internalized that sooner, right? Maybe I could have been. Maybe I could be further along in life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And so that's something that I want. That's a, that's something that I really want her to be able to internalize because, especially, I'm like we're in the year of the woman, and that's only going to continue. And uh -huh. I'm excited, and that gives me the motivation to kind of, you know, definitely go after what I want and do the things that I, I want. Um, and so I, I, that's the big, and I think that that's a perfect, you know. That's a perfect um, fit for this group, right? right? Because, you know, queens, I mean, you have to remember that and that there's no limitations. It's just a matter of having the courage to kind of take that mm -hmm. next step. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you this. What, um, this is the year of the woman. Here is Roar. When did, do, okay, I'm going to ask it like this. When did you discover that you know or have you discovered okay i'm i'm pretty dope you know have you have you tapped into that space yet or i think i'm getting there okay <laughs> i love to hear it i love that we love to see it we love to see it okay I, yeah i i'm real I, to be honest um my one of my coworkers, who is one of my she, uh, you know, I call her my sister. Um, she has this um, this group similar to Five Hundred Queens, where uh, but it's for um, uh, working women professionals, mm -hmm. uh, black working women professionals, and we have these type of conversations about you know what 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 it what is it that we can do to just continue to grow not only in our career, but spiritually, mentally, physically, in, in our relationships, just across the, you know, across the board, what are the things that we can do? And I remember back in March, early March, we had a work, we had a, a, a I think it was a four and a half week 
um, series. And each week we talked about different concepts, you know, spiritual, physical, right. and at, and then we connected that to the word. Mm -hmm. And we used biblical context to help kind of bridge the two. Right. And I, I kid you not, after that series, I have made up in my mind that I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna own Danielle mm. and I'm gonna redefine who Danielle is. Because a lot of times, you know, it's like people ask you like, well, who are you? And then, you know, we say, Well, my name is Danielle. I'm I'm originally from Colorado. I, no, we didn't ask where you were from. We asked right. who are you? And that's a hard question to answer. Mm -hmm. To really answer who are you? Not what do you do? Not, uh, no, I didn't ask if you were a mom, if you were a wife, a mom. We didn't, I didn't ask that, but who, who is Danielle? And after that, I really like tried to, I, I'm trying to figure out and really redefine and build upon mm -hmm. who I want to be. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'll be 34 next year. And it's kind of like, Dang, I mean, it's still, you know, it's still young and it's never too late to do that. But it's like, dang, if I just would have known that's stuff, right, yeah, I, when you had, a, you know, more resources and you were more connected and you, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, it's just like, gosh, so sometimes we just allow others or ourselves to hold us back from greatness. And, mm -hmm. and if you could just tap into that and just, this is what it is, this is what I'm going to do and be unapologetic about who you are we would me, all be so much better so let me ask you this in 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 the space that you work in um in this corporate america how difficult is it for you to call, to show up as your authentic self no <laughs> like okay because i was watching my one of my favorite shows now is all right and yes. she was saying you know the mental acrobatics that we have to go through as a black, a black woman, woman is it's tiresome. Like Let sometimes you just like, I don't want a black woman in today. I just want to be. Tell me about a time where you was just like, okay, I just, you're stuck and you're just like, I just want to show up for just once. Cause if you get all of me, you may, you may like her. You may yeah. dig this chick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love that show. And um, when I saw that episode, I, I had to, I was like, preach. And I, I told like, my husband, I said, this is what we deal with as black, black people in general, but especially black women, yes. because we have so many, because I mean, at the end of the day, when I go to work, you know, it's, I, I put the mask on and, mm -hmm. ha, you know, I mean, because at the, how are you? <laughs> right. Because you have to, at the end of the day, you have to learn how to play the game and you have to be able to fit in and you have to be able to not necessarily where you completely lose yourself but you can you have to be able to kind of navigate through oh, and, it, and it gets it's what i say it's we're always on i'm always mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. and, and and when i and then i'm you know you're on as soon as you walk through those doors or as soon as you log on and then as soon as you log off, it's like, okay, goodness, I I'm tired. That takes, it's so draining. Right. Um, and so I, I think for me, what, where I had that moment where I was like, I'm done. I'm tired of doing that. Um, was after the George Floyd. Mm. And just, it was just 
you know, it was yeah. back to back to back. And right. I'm like, we're tired. Yeah. And then the other part of that is that then, so you watch, you're at home and you watch all that stuff on the news and then you log on or you go to work and no one wants, and no one's talking about it. Mm -hmm. And, or, or we're, we're proceeding as if nothing is happening. And mm -hmm. it's like, can we just like acknowledge Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the state that our world our country is in and, and and then acknowledge that there's we you know corporations we have a lack of diversity we have a lack of diversity in leadership positions and 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 have the serious conversation of what are we going to do to close that gap mm -hmm. and so you know with my company you know we started having Com these type of conversations and it's allowed me to be able to kind of you know peel back that cover that mask that I had been putting on for years mm -hmm. because we've you know they've allowed to have an environment where we can have these type of conversations and then figure out a way how are we going to address this going forward um and 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 but I say all that to say that that's not always going to be the case. Right. And at the end of the day, you need your job. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go in there. Don't go in there. You know, right, 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 right. We know because we still have to, you know, so it's finding that fine line of still being able to conduct yourself in a manner that works in the corporate environment, but also being very true to yourself and then and, and being honest, you know, mm -hmm. having those conversations sometimes, sometimes the opposite doesn't know how to even introduce that topic or, right. or those type of conversations and being comfortable and saying, hey, let's talk about as a black woman, I want to make sure you understand or you're aware right of kind of the state that we're in and and the things that you know as black people what we have to deal with what we have to go through um so that not only are you informed but hopefully you know they go home and have that conversation with their family like yeah i was talking to danielle and she was mentioning that and then right and mm -hmm. each one teach one is kind right. of like the thing right right so you are a beautiful chocolate sister um, and I say that because I want, because we have several young ladies, you know, we, we like to deal with self-esteem and the importance. Let's, we're going to get, dive into a real serious topic right now. You probably already know where I'm going with this. Let's talk about, cause I, I just watched this documentary. I think it's dark, um, dark girls or something like that. Very fascinating for me. Mm -hmm. Let's let's talk about that. You are from Colorado, so mm -hmm. what was that like being a dark skinned girl in Colorado? Yeah, I mean, when I you know I was always the token, or mm. or one of two, or one of three, um, and you know, and then of course I always got that. Oh, you're pretty for a dark skinned girl. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I always got that. Um, but you know what, honestly, I, I have to say that my mom made sure that she surrounded me with other people who, who, who not only looked like me, mm -hmm. uh, but also spoke affirmations. Mm -hmm. And you know, no, you're not pretty 
for a dark skinned girl. You're just pretty. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and, and then and really having to internalize that. Mm -hmm. um, and so then when you know, when you go into the, the real world, and you hear crazy comments, or you a guy, oh, I don't talk to dark skinned girls. Okay, mm -hmm. well, you know what, nine times out of 10, I probably wouldn't have wanted to talk to you anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just kind yeah, of recognizing yeah, yeah. that like, if, if, if those are the words that come out of your mouth, you're not for me anyways. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I wouldn't want to, I don't want to surround myself with people who think like that. That's just right. so ignorant. Um, because what does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like, right. it, it's just ignorant. And then, of course, you know, we see that in, 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 in the, you know, the music industry mm -hmm. and then the, mm -hmm. in the lyrics and, you know, the red bone and the da-da-da. And, you know, if you allow yourself to internalize that, that verbiage, then it will play onto your self-esteem. But, you know, from a young age, that was just something that my mom had just constantly instilled in me. And so, honestly, like, I didn't really... It didn't affect you. It didn't affect me. That's, uh, but, that's you know, great. for some girls, for some girls, it, it, it does. And so the only... The, 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 the thing that I would say is, you have to make sure you do self-reflection and you build up your own internal self-esteem. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. and, and how you do that, no one can really tell you, you know, for some people it may be going to therapy, which um, therapy is not a bad word, um, especially for black people. If you, I mean, if it's someone to talk to, it's, you know what I mean? So, uh, or if it's, you know, getting connected, um, spiritually or or you know working whatever it is i mean you gotta do the things that make you feel good and you build up your self-confidence so that if somebody says something crazy to you you'd be like mm, i don't know what you're talking about and you, you know you just keep it pushing right right i love i love it i love it so let's let's talk about it let's talk about it because last time i was on here i had rashawn on here and rashawn's the coolest aka i know so let's talk about this Delta thing you got going on. Ah. <laughs> rip, rip it, rip it. Tell me why Delta, why, why Delta? I just, I, I got to know. Why yes. Delta? So I will say um, Delta is all in the family. My mom is a Delta. All my, all my aunts are Deltas. I have one aunt that's an AKA. She was lost. No, I'm just in kidding. The <laughs> she was lost. <laughs> um, so I probably came out, I probably came out the womb open. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> but honestly, but you know, you take all of that aside, you know, when you, when you start to learn more about each organization, mm -hmm. for me, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier with um, stepping on foot at Clark. And it was that feeling you got. Whenever I saw Delta's, in masses i was like i was just in awe like oh my goodness or you turn on the tv and you know you know there's this activist or this this you know this preacher or, or whoever and it's like oh yeah they're a delta and i'm like oh my god yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I need to be a part of that i need to it was one of those things that i just i identified with them so much that i just knew like I didn't care if the Deltas were were garbage on on campus. I was going to be a Delta. <laughs> right, <laughs> because, right. you know, you hear where some people be like, mm, I like so-and-so, but on campus, they yes. don't really 
So I think I'm going to play. And a, no, because you have to also remember, this is a lifetime commitment. Come on, talk it. <laughs> Come on. And so you really have, I mean, it's, I mean, college is just, a, you know, a couple of years, but it's it's a, a it's beyond that and mm -hmm. and where do you really identify and and it, it the 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 ideology that we have where where do you match with and right and so for me that, that was it i mean i, it, I just it, knew it, i was delta. it was gonna be delta or, I, or I, knew I was i was look if i didn't get selected at clark i was just i didn't know what i was gonna do i, I don't have a plan b okay <laughs> i love this it this has to work oh, this has to work <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. I want to talk about your line for a minute because 07, let me tell y'all something. Damn it. Y'all doing it. Y'all are doing the thing. Every time I turn around, 07 is doing something. I'm so proud of each and I'm, every one of y'all. Y'all are, I mean, goodness. Yeah. Y'all are doing some, some dope things and you're just excelling in your careers and it's just just a wonderful thing just a wonderful process to see how y'all are just navigating this thing called womanhood because y'all are crushing the game i mean i'm inspired hey. i'm like i'm not doing enough because these girls over here are doing it they're making me look bad I mean, even even from a even from a line sister perspective, I mean, honestly, my line sisters, I'm just like, wow. I mean, they are. I mean, they're very inspiring. And uh, I mean, our I mean, you know, from Pinky to you know, we got you know, April. She's getting ready to graduate with her doctor, mm -hmm. her doctorate. She's about to be a medical doctor. We have um, business own owners. You know, Carlise has her curly cape. I mean, you have so many entrepreneurs. We have, um, you know, therapists, psychologists, uh, lawyers, um, CPAs. I mean, you ha we have everything. And honestly, it's just it's very it, it's it's motivating to to continue to push forward. It doesn't end once you graduate, right? Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to always kind of think about like, okay, what am I gonna do? What what am I gonna do to continue to you know, elevate. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, to surround yourself with people who are, who are like-minded and have the same goals of just wanting to be um, accomplished in whatever it is that you right. decide to do. Uh, as long as you're doing it to the best of your ability, that's all that, you know, that that's yeah. what's inspiring and you love what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, my line sisters every day, I'm like, God, Dang, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm, I look at y'all and I'm just like, yo, these sisters, it was something different in the air in 07, something different. And it's, but, it's, it's a testament to, and I love how you guys stick together. You support each other so much. Like it's, it's, I don't think it's a celebration or a big moment in each other's lives that y'all have missed. And if you missed it, it was a reason, a real good reason. So it's just, it's a beautiful thing. It's a, that's so beautiful. I love, I love y'all line. And I got some of my babies on the old nine that I just have to love. But y'all, I was just like, no, I love that's, nine. That's, <laughs> of course you they, do. Of course old nine do. is doing it too. I know. I know. It's, it's something different. I'm telling you. 
But you know what? Honestly, I feel like, um, you know, a lot of it is, you know, this is innate in people. Mm -hmm, but then mm -hmm. I think a lot of it, too, is um, the foundation, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, the things that they learned from Clark, um, the network that they yeah. were able to gain from Clark. Um, and then, you know, and, 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 ho and being steadfast of like, you know, always striving to accomplish more and more. And so, you know, all of that, I mean, it, it, it's all interconnected. It really yeah. is. It's it all really interconnected. Is. It really is. So I have two final questions for you. And we ask this to everyone who comes on. First question is, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Mm, that's a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Um, I think I think the I think the I think the biggest advice I would give my 18 year old self is no matter what you do, no matter what path you decide to go down, whatever it is that you do, do it with intention, intentionality, be mm -hmm. intentional. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why I say that is because if you're intentional about something, you're more likely to complete or finish it. Right. Um, because a lot of times I think at 18, you're still, I mean, you, you're kind of in that weird phase where you're no longer a child, but you're not quite mm -hmm. ready for adulthood. So you're kind of in that in-between phase and you're really figuring yourself out. And, and, and that's such a critical time period between like that 18 and 21 phase, because I think what you do over those next four years mm -hmm. set the foundation for your life, for your right. life. Right. And so if you're intentional about what it is that you're doing, because essentially everything you should be doing should be helping you get to the next step, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. regardless of what that is, even if it's, even if it's dating, Mm. be in, in, intentionally date don't just be dating just to be date you know what i'm saying like, yeah yeah because because it when you're intentional i think it saves you heartaches i think it saves you stress it saves you like all the nonsense and things that could happen in life mm -hmm. um and i think that it just it it keeps you focused it keeps you focused in whatever you're doing um so often we see people kind of like, you know, they blow with the wind. We're, you know, yeah, right, right. And it's like, you know, that might be good and all, but it's something about when you're when you have when you're intentional, right? I love that. I love that. We'll be saving that sound bite. Um. <laughs> so my last question is, what does a queen mean to you? Yeah, so I think a queen is someone who owns who they are. 
and and they're un and they're unapologetic about who they are. Um, I think a queen is someone who um, has the ability to learn, has the ability to kind of um, uh, 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 has that light where it's you know how when you meet someone it's like i don't know what it is about that person mm -hmm. but i like i like i like, yeah. her, I like it. a queen hat you kind of know you you have you know um what your juh is if yeah that, you know. <laughs> yeah yeah you know your jam um, yeah yeah <laughs> And then, and then I think that a queen is also someone who is um, unafraid to fail, because mm -hmm. we know that with failing, there's lessons to be learned um, that only helps you to do better. And so, um, you know, when you when you when you when you possess that confidence and that you know you know who you are, you're confident in who you are. Um, and you're not afraid to put yourself out there. You're not afraid to fail. You're not afraid to try new things. Um, I mean, all of that encompasses what a queen is to me. So, you know, I'm sure that your girls definitely have that. I mean, if they're, you know, if they're tuning in to these type of conversations and wanting to kind of explore and learn more, that's half the battle. That's half the battle right there. So kudos to them and, and kudos to this platform um, to help kind of um, foster that that those skill sets and mm -hmm. those qualities in a person. <laughs> Danielle, you know, I love me from you. <laughs> thank you for doing this for yes. me. Thank you for reaching out. I I love stuff like this. I mean, I literally I can remember being on the other side and listening to women, and I'm like, what? And you're like, wow. Okay, yeah. I could do this. I could get there. I could get there. And so, and then it's right. Every you know, we we teach uh, helping each other climb helping yeah. each other grow and then we're passing back that information to the next group to the next yeah. group and that's that's the only way that as black women we're going to continue to elevate absolutely absolutely i so appreciate you doing this for me i um how can they reach you if you want them to reach out to you because yeah they'll sneak and text me and be like can i talk to her <laughs> you're like <laughs> yeah yeah so, so I'm on all social media platforms, Instagram, Danielle1707, um, Facebook, Danielle Ramsey. Uh, definitely send me a friend request, uh, DM me. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of mentoring. Um, so if you, I'm in the Atlanta area. So uh, regardless if you're in the, I mean, it don't matter nowadays because nobody's traveling. No one's going anywhere. Um, no matter where you are, if you're if you're interested in chatting or wanting to learn more, or I'm also all about connecting people with other people. So if you know you if we if you tell me, oh, I'm interested in X Y Z nine times nine times out of ten, I might know someone who I can connect you with. And so I, you know, I'm I'm here for all of that. But yeah, Danielle seventeen oh seven, Danielle Ramsey. I'm on all social media platforms. Um, and then I'll put my email address um, in the chat too, but I'm open to anything. Oh, I love you. Thank you again. This was such a pleasure. 
going to see your live sister next week. Who? Pinky? Uh, no, I can't get Pinky. Pinky's so huge. I cannot get her. I have been trying to talk to Pinky for three years. I can't get her. I can't she's get busy. her. She's busy. She's so, like, and I, I ain't mad at a hustle, so I ain't even mad. She's um, opening stores left and right. I know, so I, I'm not even mad. I'm like, listen, we you too big for me now, sis, and I love it. No, I'm talking to Kelly. Wait, which one? Which one? Oh, yeah, I forgot it's cool, y'all. <laughs> Wimbush. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm talking to Kelly next week, and then I'm going to try next semester to um, see if um, Whitney will come on, because a lot of them want to be... Langford. Yeah, a lot of them want to be um, OBGYN, so... Let me tell you, because uh, Dr. Langford, as I call her, Dr. Langford <laughs> done helped me with this pregnancy and this birth of this child. <laughs> Do Dr. Langford was our designated line doctor, so yeah, she's a good one too. <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna reach out to her. I'm gonna, um, I'm reaching out to people um, this week. So I'm gonna see. Hopefully, she'll do it for me, yeah. and we'll see what we can do. But yeah, I'm like, I'm about to call all y'all because y'all all doing big stuff. <laughs> hey, if you need me to uh... tell tell Whitney, answer my text messages. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna DM her. Tell her. To say yes, I, I will say yes. I will, I will, I will pass the message, big sister. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go. So, I appreciate it, man. Thank I you. I too, love you. Love you too. Love you. Bye, y'all. Have a good night, everyone. You too. where we discuss situations from a teenage girl's point of view. If you have any questions, suggestions, or just need to get something off your chest, email us at 500queensghs at gmail.com. Follow and DM us on Instagram and Facebook at 500queens. Follow us on Snapchat on queens500ghs.